0: Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville-Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guests today are Serena Ergott. She is marketing and brand director for the Utah Department of Cultural and Community Engagement. And State Senator Dan McKay, member of the Utah State Flag Task Force. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: And we are talking about Utah's new flag, and I have spent most of today on this website, flag.utah.gov, kind of exploring the ins and outs of what's already happened, which is quite a bit, Mm -hmm. and what's still coming up and where where we are at this point and why. It's interesting, but let's start by by just introducing ourselves. Serena, kind of tell me about what your department does and how you ended up there.
1: Sure. So the Department of Cultural and Community Engagement, we call ourselves the heart and soul of Utah. We do a lot of Public programming with our seven divisions, including arts and museums, Indian affairs, multicultural affairs, and so we serve the public by presenting artwork, um, public engagement opportunities, civic engagement opportunities, and just a lot of outreach in that way.
0: And senator, what's your background? And yeah, so
2: uh, let's see. I was uh, elected to the House of Representatives back in 2012, and I've been in the legislature since. Uh, this is uh, I'm just finishing my first term in the Senate. So I guess I've been there just a little longer than 10 years now. Um, I started on this, uh, you know, this kind of path after one of our colleagues, uh, Representative Steve Handy, brought it out and said we needed a state flag. And the first time I heard the idea, I thought, what a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, and after it worked on me for a little bit, I realized, you know, really, this is an opportunity for us to, to do something different and be involved in something unifying. And, and that's kind of where we are today.
0: And I'll be honest with you, the first time I heard that we might be getting a new state flag was maybe about a year ago. And my knee-jerk reaction was, why do we need a new flag? Isn't that money better spent? So there definitely is that reaction that's pretty common. We'll get into that. Uh, But what's the bottom line? Why do you think we need a new flag in 2022? And what were some of the issues with the old design that that were maybe not 2022 friendly?
2: Yeah, you know, it's not just 2022 friendly. It's really a case of what, what makes a good flag? And once you understand the principles of what makes a good flag, and then you step back and, like, look at where our flag is, you realize – Hey, is it possible to do something different right and it's always interesting when you talk about need because you know folks say well do you need to do this right I mean what does government need to do I mean that's a pretty short list for a lot of people a long list for others and what we need to do is always an interesting argument and fun to have um, <laughs> but but I can tell you that some of the things that government can and and I believe appropriately focuses focuses us is, is to give us something to support, something to rally behind, something to really bring our attention uh, on, on, uh, on who we are and how we identify. Um, there's no question when you look at the American flag, uh, where you are and, and what it stands for, uh, when you look at the Utah state flag and realize, for the most part, uh, back in the early 1900s when we didn't have a state flag, this was almost 10 years after statehood was granted, we, we didn't have a state – we had a state flag – and or sorry, at the time, we didn't have a state flag, and they had a state seal that they'd kind of come up with, and the idea was – well, let's just take the state seal and put it on the flag. Throw it on the flag, yeah. And that's <laughs> kind of what we did. And and believe it or not, the legislature didn't ratify that decision for another ten years. Oh well. Wow. And so the governor was out there on a mission of his own, created a flag and you know, with the help of a of a few Utah's and that was it. That and that's been our flag largely For, you know, more than a hundred years. And the question then became, well, could we, could it be different? And Mm -hmm. that's, and that's really, you know, this need versus want. Right. At this point in my life, I feel like I need a new flag, (laughs) but there's some people that really don't feel like we would ever change the flag if given the option. Serena, as
0: the, as the design person... Maybe talk about, mm-hmm. and we're not calling it the old flag, we're calling it the ceremonial flag, correct?
1: Correct, the All ceremonial right.
0: flag. Uh, from a design perspective, what are some of the drawbacks from that ceremonial flag?
1: Our vexillographer friends will say that the there are five basic rules for a flag design. You have to keep it simple. Um, it should be simple enough that a child can draw it from memory. Mm. Use meaningful symbolism. Every symbol on a flag needs to have some kind of representation for the people. Use two or three basic colors so that it's affordable to print and it stands up to the test of time being um, out in the elements. Uh, no lettering or seals, which our flag is the state seal currently. And it needs to be distinctive when it's flown with the other 49 flags for, from the U.S.
0: Our, our existing, our ceremonial, what will be our ceremonial flag. Is pretty busy. That, it is.
1: It has a lot going on with it. Um, there are a lot of different overlapping graphic design elements that are hard to remember. I don't think anyone could draw it from memory unless they study the flag at a, uh, unless they study the flag a lot. So I think when we're looking at creating a new flag, we wanted to pull a lot of the most prominent and meaningful symbols from the Utah State seal and give that more prominence on a brand new flag design.
0: So Senator, this has been a long process. You guys have been at this for about two years so far. Where do you start? When you decide, all right, let's come up with a new design for the Utah State flag. We know there's several drawbacks with our current one. What's the very beginning?
2: <laughs> well, the very beginning, obviously, of any problem is recognizing, right? It's almost like being in uh, an Alcoholics Anonymous uh, meeting. And you could say flags anonymous in some ways. Um, <laughs> we, we, you know, we recognize that that there's a, an option, but then it's getting... You know, believe it or not, I was talking to a gentleman not long ago who said he's been trying to get the the state to consider a new flag for almost 30 years. Hmm. And that's how long he's felt like it was overdue. And, you know, it's interesting when when people recognize it and then start figuring out the right process, we kind of. We're inventing the process as we went along, first step obviously was uh, we ran a bill uh, in the legislature to create a task force, right because the task force needs to be able to respond to public comment or or uh, or solicit design ideas and that was kind of the first place we started uh, and I would say even before that was we looked for the Department of Cultural Engagement. Uh, as a as a partner to help us run this process, and and I think that was probably where probably the best decision I made so far in this process. Uh, we have some unique skills. Serena's uh, is, is certainly one of those. Uh, uh, you know, director Jill Love has has been fantastic, and a Cat uh, a Potter has been fantastic. I'm just thinking through these great people. And, and as you go through and you think about, okay, we've got this task force. Now we've got, um, you know, the Department of Cultural Engagement and their uh, efforts to help us. Then it was, well, now how do we start getting designs? And, uh, you know, we had um, – a a robust outreach into classrooms for students. We had an outreach into communities so that people from all over the state could participate. We ran ad campaign to try and, you know, convince people to submit a flag and, and getting those submissions uh, was, was really, really awesome. And then, you know, from there, it was trying to make sense of getting more than 5,000 submissions, yeah. right?
1: Mm-hmm. 5,000 submissions. And even beyond that, those who didn't feel good about drawing a flag gave us their text submissions. They told us what they want to see in a new flag. So that brought it up to another 7,000, a wow. little bit more than 7,000 submissions from the public.
0: Now, at that point, if you thought, uh, what have I just done? <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment of anxiety. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, uh, we, we then... From there, we took all of those graphic submissions and put them up in a room and let mm-hmm. people walk around and really experience all of the various. And some were, you know, uh, extremely detailed. Some were extremely funny. You know, we had certain,
0: you know, I was going to ask if there's anything you remember particularly that you had to
2: share with everybody in your office oh, when gosh. you saw there's
1: it. There's a snowboarding trout with a gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there was a dinosaur with a scarf. Mm
2: hmm. <laughs> There's you know, there uh I can I can think of a few where like you know the green jello uh oh, sure. played a, <laughs> uh, played a role. Mm-hmm. In it. <laughs> sure. Uh I mean you you go down there were some you know pretty funny really cultural representations that if you're inside Utah, it's kind of like an inside joke mm-hmm. on some of it, right? Some had traffic cones on it because we're always <laughs> under construction. I mean you're gonna list some of these these options. But um but the ones that were that were really thoughtful, really serious and just kind of jumped out to us were ones that were really simple. Mm-hmm. Right. And as simplicity and design is super important, um, you know, they also had to have, you know, meaningful symbols. So when we, we were trying to figure out what are the most meaningful parts about even our existing flag and bringing those in in, in play and then also taking a sample of what people really cared about. You know, we were also looking for flags that had basic colors, Mm -hmm. uh, basic color representations, and, you know, the the basics of, of flag design, you know, you look you think about our current design as you think about this element. There aren't supposed to be any words or letters right, or yeah. numbers on it, right? Because 50% of the time, no matter which way the wind is blowing, you're looking at either the right. state of Utah's yeah. flag or the state of Hattu's flag. <laughs> it could be read either way. So and, that- you, and I know you didn't stop there. I know you also did some
0: survey research to find mm-hmm. out some impressions beyond just what do you think it should look like.
1: So our department put together several subcommittees, including an education subcommittee. So people would go into different schools and have a lesson, you know, what what are meaningful symbols that represent Utah. And what was great is that these kids would, during classroom time, create a brand new flag for Utah. And those were part of the submissions that we had. Other things that we did was a multicultural subcommittee, um, a history subcommittee. Of our 5,000 designs that we had submitted, we would look at these across the room, but the people that would look was our graphic design subcommittee. And that subcommittee was made up of vexillologists, it's a tough word yeah. to say, um, vexillologists, um, graphic designers who work within the state of Utah. We had indigenous graphic designers, um, historians, and also some people that we've flown in from national who were nationally renowned vexillologists, because it was important to us that we got it right, not only in who we are as Utahns and our symbolism, but also in the way that the flag is constructed. So looking at these across the board, we took all of the designs, but then we had to add in a lot of the text submissions and what people would tell us that they see in Mm -hmm. Utah. A lot of things rose to the top, and what we found are people are really interested in our landscape. They're really interested in who we are as Utahns as a beehive state and what that means. And also, we found that everyone is sort of pulled by a guiding light. And so you'll see that in the star on the current flag design, too.
0: My guests today are Serena Ergott. She is marketing and brand director for the Utah Department of Cultural and Community Engagement and State Senator Dan McKay, member of the Utah State Flag Task Force. I loved looking through the research project. I, I love data. So it's kinda weird. But I, I did a pretty deep dive on that and it was really interesting to see what people said, you know, what represents what you Utah, what represents you as a Utah mm-hmm. and and reading through that I can see it now in the final design. So I yeah. how many people total do you think were involved in this thing from the beginning to today? I'm sure you don't have an exact number, but with oh, all gosh. of these different subcommittees and teams. Is it is it hundreds?
1: Oh, at least hundreds. I would say even thousands. Well, with our subcommittees, there are hundreds of people between history, uh, multicultural, uh, education subcommittees, the task force, and then all the graphic designers that were involved in all of their design review and refinement hours. Um, so even the people who were super engaged with their fingers in it, but also the thousands of people who submitted mm-hmm. graphic design and drawings and text submissions. And then even beyond that, as we were wrapping up to figure out what our last design should look like, we had... Have- Had over 44,000 people tell us their feedback on the 20 semifinalist designs that we presented to them.
0: So you get it down to 20. Got down to And 20. then do you go from there to just one or was there a step between that?
1: There was a bit of a step. So we had 20 semifinalists and we put these out for f- public feedback at that point. And then what was kind of miraculous, there were five top designs, but even of the five top designs, there were two that were head and shoulders above the mm. rest. And these two were even very similar to each other. And so that has absolutely inspired what you're looking at now for the proposed design.
0: And Senator, for those that want to know, what did this cost the state, this project?
2: Yeah, the, uh, uh, I don't think we have a final total. Sure. You know, I know the budget is still uh, being reviewed. I mean, we've had a lot of volunteer effort, really. Uh, and and having all of those folks involved has been, you know, probably more valuable than, than any cost that was put into just hard cost of design or those kinds of things, um, you know, I think the better I think the better way to think about it is, you know, how much should we spend to try to identify ourselves and what what should we be as, as we're looking at our model? One of the things that became clear is when you look at states like Colorado, Arizona, um, New Mexico, these are some of the states that in Texas, uh, these are some of the states that are known for having amazing flags, their flags fly everywhere in their communities. I mean, you go to Dallas and the Texas flag, it stands out on every single mm-hmm. building, on many homes and shirts, T-shirts, uh, you know, hats, doesn't matter. It's everywhere. And then you look at Utah. Don't really see it. Yeah, you go to our maybe. airport. Classroom, maybe. Yeah, maybe in a classroom. And And the interesting thing is, Most of the flags that are in the classroom are old versions of Mm. a flag that were actually never the legal version of the flag. And so the interesting thing is many of the flags you even see around the state are not the correct version of the (laughs) state because we – had to stylize uh, some parts of the seal, and when we did that in 2011, so that we could build the, what's in the bottom of the uh, the Hall of Governors in the the ground floor of the Capitol, we stylized it so that it would look a little bit better. And then we built a, an inlay in that in the in the Hall of Governors in the floor there, and then we took and took the same thing, just ironically, and just. Fixed it on our flag again as well. So most people don't have an updated version of that flag and the ones they have in the classrooms, they're not the same ones. So I I wonder how much ground we've forfeited really as a state from a state identity and a state pride standpoint from, you know, with some of these other folks that honestly their brand is ubiquitous with their people. It is everywhere versus we don't have it anywhere. Go to our airport. It's horrible. (laughs) The stuff that represents, quote, represents Utah, it's bad. Yeah, so maybe a
0: better question is what has it cost us over the last 100 years? I lived in New Mexico for a few years, and you're right. That Zia symbol that's on that flag down there is everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People have that as a tattoo even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a state pride symbol. Yeah. And, it, and again, it's so simple that it, that it can do that. Well, let's talk about the final design if we can. And maybe, Serena, you could take us through each step as the design person. Um, I'm looking at it on my screen. There's blue at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just even the colors represent something. So maybe start with the blue.
1: Sure. So the beginning of the flag starts with a blue field, and that blue is to be a sister to the, what will become the ceremonial flag, the current Utah State flag. And So it's very important that it retain that history, but at the same time, it needs to feel like it's a sibling to it and match it. So the blue field is the beginning, and that represents our skies, our lakes, history, knowledge, and justice.
0: And then there is white Across the middle that's in the shape of mountains is what it looks like to me.
1: Right. So the next thing, but before we get to the mountains, I would like to say the next thing that should be on the flag is the beehive. Because as our state symbol, as a representation of who we are as an industry, an industrious people, I think the beehive needs to come first to show that it is right in the middle. It's very important to who we are as Utahns.
0: And that's a piece right from the other flag. Yes. And And the state seal.
1: Exactly. It came right from the other flag. That's one of those symbols that we hear is very important to people as Utahns and something that we don't want to lose in this flag design. And then I would say the next most important symbolism is the hexagon, which Senator McKay definitely and most especially loves here. It not only is the strongest shape in um, architecture, but also because it's a containing shape with that yellow line around it, it cradles who we are as Utahns and creates a Kind of a feeling of unity around the beehive,
2: and as I, you know, as, as you look at the beehive or tra- the traditional beehives, you see on our current flag, or uh, it's called the skep. And what's interesting about it is the exterior of the hive that everybody always sees—it's actually man-made, right? And so, or person-made is maybe the most appropriate. There you go, that's better. Uh, I like that better. It's person-made, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, it's 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 made by humans on the outside. The inside of what you know, the honey production storage also, and, and believe it or not, the, the lattice of the hive that they have inside, that is, that structure is all done by bees. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, I was actually weirdly watching a scientific show recently about, you know, why the hexagon is used by bees. You know, they create this with their, with, mm-hmm. with them, with their own creation of the wax and all this other, but the interesting thing is, the hexagon is the most efficient Symbol And it is the strongest mm. from a surface tension standpoint of uh, being able to work together and create strength. The more of them there are, the stronger the, the system is. And when we were originally looking at what symbols we should, we should really recognize, certainly the beehive is important. But when you really look inside the hive and look at what the bees are doing, it's, it's really taking that inner strength of inside the hive and bringing it out. To really hmm. show people, we in Utah, we're we're a strong group of people when we are working together, like like the bees are, as an example.
1: I love that. I love that it shows strength in the individuals. Yeah, when I state. first
0: look at it, I just thought, well, that's a border around whatever <laughs> shape that is. But there's so much behind H and every little every thing. Every
1: little thing. As one of the uh, five vexological rules, every symbol and every image has to have a lot of meaning behind mm. it. And so that hexagon shape is very important to who we are individually and how we come together as a state.
0: All right, what's next?
1: So then I would move to the White Mountains at this point because... Utahns love their landscape, and when we were taking these surveys, and even when we looked across these thousands of designs that were submitted by children, graphic designers who are professionals, everyone loves these mountains, and they really it really resonates with who we are, and so those mountains appear behind the beehive to kind of show this mountainous range that we are, and it moves from The full left side of the flag all the way to the right to sort of represent how the Rocky Mountain Range reaches from corner to corner in our state.
0: But then you wouldn't want to ignore southern Utah.
1: No, absolutely not. So (laughs) we definitely put that one in there. So red represents uh, southern Utah and the red rocks, but also perseverance. And the red line and the bar that happens at the bottom has a nice cut in it that follows the hexagon shape. But it also means it's a representation for the valleys that happen in Southern Utah too. Hmm. so it's a really clever and a really simple way to bring a lot of emphasis to our beautiful
0: landscape. Is it, and then there's the star right below the. The beehives. star
1: is the crowning jewel on this flag. The star has eight points to represent our eight tribal nations. Currently in our state seal, there are six arrows to represent tribes. It's kind of problematic for a couple of reasons. Six isn't the federally federally recognized number any longer. It's eight. But also arrows just feel a little aggressive, and that's not who these tribal nations are as a people. So they're better represented in another way. So it's an eight-pointed star, but it's so much more than that, too. It's also our guiding light. It's a foundation of hope. It's... It's something that leads us into the state, and it's a beautiful representation of, um, I think, not only some indigenous indigenous people who see the star as hope, but also for all of us to follow the star as a guide.
0: For such a clean and simple design, you have really packed a lot of meaning into all of it. Is there anything else hiding in there that I haven't seen?
2: <laughs> hidden. That's so funny, right? <laughs> like,
0: Have you hidden something on our flag? Is there... Is there a Pokemon in there? No, there's no Pokemon. (laughs) There's no
1: Easter eggs. I will say that we didn't go through all of the colors. The white is really uh, meaningful for peace and, of course, our snow and Mm -hmm. our salt. Um, And then the yellow that we chose is a very rich yellow color to represent prosperity in Utah as well. For those who are still skeptical about the design of this flag, I would just invite you to ask your children, what do they think of this flag? Does it represent them and who they are? Because after all, they will be flying this banner in the future.
0: Well, I will tell you, I have gone from a year ago being the guy that said, knee jerk, why do we need a new flag, to loving this this is a beautiful flag, and this is going to re- represent our state really well. So it
2: is not yet our official flag, is it, Senator? We've got one more step, right? It's not, yeah. When you ask, when I start to think about what's the next step, um, you know, if, you, if you've if you ever tried to, like, show somebody something and say, isn't this amazing, you you always get this, you know, this feeling – behind it it's like do they really think it's amazing or are they just saying it to my face you know <laughs> and so now we get to go and take it take this flag design through the legislative process and the legislative process is a unique process uh, because there are 104 lawmakers mm-hmm. and each one of them represents a diverse geographic district and they all get elected based on you know one reason or another we have 15 new members of the house of representatives who are you know have never have never really thought about The new flag and so they're still stuck back at the why are we doing this question right yeah Uh, and then you've got a whole bunch of uh, you know experienced lawmakers who have been around for a long time and and they're great let's this let's just get it done and so it's this interesting dynamic of trying to work together with everybody and bring everybody along to get the votes and
0: I know that forecasting something like this is impossible, but what's your feel? Is, is this something that's going to happen? Uh, is there well, still work at, to
2: do? Yeah, if you look at uh, if you look at who's behind this, right? We've had a lot of support from both Senate and House leadership. We've had a lot of support from the governor and the governor's office. Uh, and lieutenant governor. So I think there's a pretty good uh, recipe there for success. And I think there's a a lot of opportunity really to look and work with each one of those representatives and centers and, and help bring them on board.
0: So hopefully everything goes well and it's approved. How soon from then will we start seeing it around the state?
2: Well, you may actually see it sooner rather sooner than, than later, okay. right? So, um, one of the things that uh, that I'm working on now is I'm I'm trying to get the design flying. Uh, we may even see it as sooner uh, uh, up on the Capitol, uh, just to give everybody an idea of what it would look like yeah. out there. And I think that really helps kind of drive the point too when you can see it up on on important places.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Just looking at a picture of it on a screen is impressive, but seeing it flying would be a whole different thing. Well, best of luck with that. I. You know, if, if somebody listened to your explanation of what each thing means on the flag and why it's there, I would have a hard time understanding why wouldn't they wouldn't be behind this. But, again, people have a lot of different priorities, and getting somebody to sit and listen for 10 minutes is probably tough. But if you want to look at it and all of the different stuff that went into it, it's a great website, easy to get around, uh, which is not you, you know always the case for a government website. <laughs> but in this case, it is. Go to flag.utah.gov. Uh, Serena Ergot, who is Man- marketing and brand director for the Utah Department of Cultural and Community Engagement, and Senator Dan McKay, thank you so much for both coming in and talking about our new flag. This is great. Thanks, Thanks for the guys. opportunity. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com.